It is 2024. This is Behind the Pixel. Let's do it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome back to 2024. My name is Will. My name is Catherine. And this is Behind the Pixel, the podcast. I haven't done this in a while. Oh, my God. The oh, wow. Open Pixel Studios <laughs> We've podcast. done this for a year and it's <laughs> gone immediately. You take, you take a two-week break and it just yeah, right, flies right. out the window. It's the Open Pixel Studios podcast, the podcast where we try to bridge the knowledge gap between those who buy creative content and those who make it. I am feeling so much better since the last time we recorded. I think we were sick for two weeks, three weeks. Hard to say. We've been, I've been sick yeah. for months on end. It's just, it is, it's the new, new year, new me. New, new year, new me. Speaking sick. of new me, <laughs> for those of you who cannot see me, I have, I have a brand new hairstyle. Maybe. Look I don't you. know. I might cut it. I don't know. You got a little going Elvisy on. going on. It's getting I go, close. I got a little Elvis. I got a little mm-hmm. Elvis. Yeah. We are in Austin, Texas. We are. Um, We're not in Greece as my background <laughs> may dictate. <laughs> yeah. We are enjoying Texas, it's fantastic in terms of the weather in December. It feels like fall in New England. Is that am I wrong to say fall that? Fall is yeah. the best time of the year, so can't complain. Yeah, there. and I th- there's a little bit of wind. I mean, I think it's stronger winds than we usually get, but but mm-hmm. it's rainy and like it's like a perfect time to go to work. You know I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I, I want to say that you're in the minority of people who think that way. To be like, oh, it's raining. I cannot wait to get to work right now. I don't know about you guys, but I love working in the rain. It is a fantastic time for me. I don't know why. I think I, I, you know what it is? I feed off of other people's misery when I know that they're at home (laughs) and it's raining. How nice of you. This is, this is why you had the the (laughs) Slytherin house. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So today's episode is actually... It's kind of like a bonus. It's a little bit different. It's not something we've done before. We didn't write this one. There's no script. I'm doing it live. Yeah. In the past, we've written scripts out just to, just to get the right messaging across. But I think today we're going to do something a little bit different. So here's what I'd like to do. Okay. There was a post on LinkedIn a little mm. while ago um, mm-hmm. that had a very specific point of view. And I think I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to talk about what it is, but I, I just want to okay. open up the conversation to Mm -hmm. this because I think a lot of marketers and businesses are starting to move from doing business with companies directly to doing business with freelancers directly. Sure. And maybe skipping the agency or skipping the, you know, going straight to studio, direct to studio. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of different avenues that you could take when you want to do work with a creative artist, a creative person. And there are some expectations that are set, I think, within the industry. Okay artistically, sort of on the agency side, that we perhaps are not all on the same page about. Because this post got a lot of negative feedback, a lot of criticism. Uh-oh. Yeah, and I, I just kind of want to open up the floor. right now? Controverse? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to catch on. I'm starting a you new know, thing. You know, it's pretty good. Instead of the metaverse, it's the controverse. That's, oh, the controverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we'll come up with something for that later. Okay, (laughs) sidetrack, I'm noting it. 
Okay, so I'm just going to read the post line by line. This is not, uh, we do not endorse this position, but I think it's a good opener. Here we go. Quote, if you're a freelancer and it's our first time working together, the very worst thing you can do is have a slow response time. Mm -hmm. I'm trusting you next to blindly to deliver for a client with whom I've fostered a relationship for years. When you don't answer within two hours of me asking for an update, I get very anxious. Ideally, you'd answer within 10 minutes. Once we've worked together a few times, not so important. But when it's fresh, be extremely, in all caps, responsive. How your client feels about working with you is the most important component, end quote. Okay. Okay. So that's the take. I'm taking that in. Now, mm-hmm. it got a lot of backlash mm-hmm. <laughs> from a lot of freelancers. I, can, I wonder why. <laughs> so let's take let's pick pick apart that sort of stance. Okay. You need to respond. So I think the first thing I want to talk about is maybe how fast or what's what what is a good response time do you think? I mean, that feels like a relative question because you're mm. also taking into account like how they're communicating with you in the first place, right? Like one thing that we do is we'll ask what our freelancers' communication preferences would be in any situation, like what their preferred style of communication is. So typically if you're like on chat, you know, if if that's your like a Discord kind of situation, that right. might be a different vibe than something like an email or a phone call or something scheduled in advance. Like there's too many factors there. I don't think there's a there's a determined amount of time. I think mm. there's a there is an expectation of like you know that you have to communicate as the team that's working with the freelancer to say here's when we'd like a first pass by, is that possible? If not, when can you do it by? And if I guess if I'm just waiting to hear back, I would expect to not really hear back unless there's specific questions. So I'd expect to hear back at least, you know, on the day of the assignment that is due. It's kind of like assigning a, like, you know, homework or assigning a task. Like, you you know, you trust the person to be able to do it. And it's on you as the person in charge of directing and delegating out that creative to also put in time and padding into your production schedule so that if something does go wrong and they don't get back to you, that you then have time to adapt and adjust. So there's a, that expectation shouldn't fall on the freelancer. It should fall on the team that's delegating out the tasks um, Mm. and being mindful of like being prepared for those kinds of situations because they can happen to that particular stance. I don't think I should expect to hear back within a certain time frame. All right. Yeah. So here's my take on it. I think there's different levels of responsibility that need to be discussed, deciphered prior to the project. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, setting an expectation that we need to be on call, which I think is essentially what this person is saying, is uh, is unrealistic. I think for a freelancer specifically, who I think you know, from a freelancer's perspective, I've I've been freelance. I've done freelance 
projects in the past. And I think right. my expectation is that that time is mine for me to use however I'd like. And you're hiring me to do a particular job. And so I have the freedom to work whenever I feel like. I think a lot of the comments in that section were more about it's my time to delegate. And it's in if we have a specific deadline, then I'm going to make that deadline. You're trusting me to make that deadline. Now, this person is also saying from a business standpoint, look, this is the first time we work together. So right. I need you to comfort me. And I think that that is also true. There's a level of responsibility. Right. You need the, the reassurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to, to basically reassure the person, the, this new person, this new client, that this is going to be taken care of. Now, how fast you do it is a different question. I think you can set, you know, to me, in my experience, you can set expectations and clarity and I think bring down some of that anxiousness prior to the project starting so that when you get to that point, you know, you're kind of putting those things in place in the future, right? So, so mm -hmm. you, like you, you were talking about the project being sort of having deadlines within internal deadlines that you would like check in on and, and do something like that. I think it's the same on the freelancer side that you, you need to put in some checks and balances before each individual maybe piece or part and say, look, this is how I work. I'm not mm -hmm. going to give you anything until this time. And I'm going to be working until then. So don't contact me. If that's the way you work. If you're the type right. of person who's always on Slack and, you know, ready at a moment's notice, at, like at any time, then that's your style of work. I mm -hmm. think context is very important. There's also projects that like, are time sensitive projects, right? These are things that have to go out at a specific time. They're, you know, they gotta be on cue, that you gotta be quick. And in those types of projects, if you know that you're getting one of those, I think you have to set that expectation that yes, I'm gonna be on call from nine to eight because that's when this thing is going to happen. Like if it's if it's a timed event, I think it's okay to again set that expectation early. Yeah. I mean, to basically add a little bit to the mix here, my First thought was that if someone's saying that you need to get back within 10 minutes of time in order to ensure that you're staying on track and everything's good, that feels like perhaps um, a situation where either that individual or that team had gotten hurt by a freelancer in the past, um, which is not that uncommon. It does happen. Yeah. You know, we've it's one of the reasons why we have like certain contingencies in place to be like in the event that a freelancer has an emergency, right? Like there are very real reasons why someone might not contact you. So if they have an emergency, if they ghost you, if they, um, for whatever reason, if they're no longer able to work on the project, you have to have plans in place on the back end uh, to be prepared for that. So I understand that that initial feeling of anxiety and like, distrust when you're going to work with somebody for the first time, but it's also you're putting the responsibility on yourself to allow that trust to happen. <laughs> and so if you're putting boundaries and like all of these like really like strict restrictions or, or non-restrictions in place, I think it's just going to lead to already building distrust in the process. So mm. um, yeah, there has to be a, a level of flexibility there. Yeah, if you, I think if you start a 
a new relationship kind of saying like, I'm expecting this and those expectations are unrealistic or don't match, then you're already going to have a problem with whoever you're working with, right? Mm -hmm. Some of those comments that I saw were like, you know, we'll never work together. (laughs) It's like, oh, well, that's an interesting way of taking it too. Like Mm -hmm. just because someone, you know, posted something, all of a sudden, you know, that's your stance and it's forever. This person can change their mind. They can, you know, so. uh, Yeah, it's also like different. Yeah, there's different work styles. There's different work environments, right? Like we understand that like in very, to your point earlier, like dealing with high paced work environments that Mm -hmm. demand that kind of time and attention uh, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, right? we, We don't have time to get into all the back end reasons of why production schedules are tight. But all of that is to say that, you know, if you're the type of person who is a freelancer that doesn't mind working in that type of high paced environment, then is it a, is it a problem? That's, that's an open question. Um, I think, I think it is. (laughs) And I know that that's a, that maybe it's a hot take, but I think it is because it sets the, like the expectation for everyone else. I think that's, you know, that's a, it's an industry problem, right? If, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, the majority of the people in the industry just expect this to be the case, right. then, then it's setting the expectation that everyone's going to do that and you coming in have to do it too. And I think that's where this person's coming yeah, from. Yeah, I'm, I'm with um, you there for sure. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's, you know, it's kind of, I, I always talk about it's on us to like make those changes, um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever those changes may be. Um, but we're about providing solutions. Let's so can we go through maybe one or two or however many you think you have solutions to what is it? Freelancer expectations, right? Yeah. Um, right. So the first thing is something, something that we had done in our company, which was having a, um, (laughs) we basically call it like a crisis management department. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's essentially like having backend plans in place for in the event that something goes wrong, you already have a plan in place for how you're going to manage that. So we have that with things with freelancers. We have that with clients. If a client doesn't pay, what happens? How do you handle that? Yeah, Those are very real things that can happen in a business. Having those kinds of conversations in your business ahead of time is is a huge benefit. Um, And you're going to learn and you can't predict everything, right? There's going to be times where something comes up that you don't expect, but having a backend guideline for how to mitigate those kinds of situations is helpful. Uh, yeah. And I think it, yeah, if you're ahead. just to, just to tack on, if you're a freelancer, a solo person who's working, it might be good to bounce some ideas off of other freelancers. You know, chances are you're not the only person who's been in this situation and they might have something in the contract. They might have, you know, you can mitigate these things in different ways, mm-hmm. something in writing, makes it a little bit more legal, a little bit more scary for the client, for the client, for your, whoever you're working with, the agency, whatever, the producer, those kinds of things might help them also foster the right environment for you to be successful in the, in the artwork. Yeah. I mean, it's the same idea of like, if, if you're a freelancer and, uh, you know, you've been hurt by a client of your, you know, someone like us in the past, then that's Mm -hmm. a, you have the power to be able to help mitigate and control those situations for the future. Maybe you require a certain percentage up front because you don't want to get, you know, screwed over in in the long run. There's there's lots of ways to 
like you're saying, legally protect yourself in those situations. That's just that's just good to have. I think it's just a good yeah. practice to have things in place that are protective of both parties. I think everyone's trying to build long-term relationships at this point. At least that's a lot of what I've been seeing online. People yeah. trying to build long-term relationships with their clients and with their freelancers and like fostering that that relationship. So keep that in mind. I think both if you're a marketer, a producer, someone who works at an agency who's looking to work for freelancers or studios or whoever, if if we're not coming at it from the standpoint of long-term, here's how we can continue to build this, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that might be a red flag if it's just kind of like a one-off, oh, I don't necessarily care about this. I just need something to tide me over until I get the real project that I want or something like that. That might yeah. be something to consider. I'd I'd also say maybe as a solution here, something that we've done in the past for um, times when we've worked with freelancers for the first time is we've we've been very deliberate about like giving smaller chunks of opportunity to start to be like, okay, mm. can you handle this amount of workload? Great. If right. you can, we can give you more in the future to be able to test our communication with them, to be able to get to know them a little bit more deeply, right. to get to learn their style in a in a setting that has you're creating less pressure in that way. So for the folks who might be like, we need a freelancer on this project, you can be more strategic about how much work you're giving out at the very beginning if you have that kind of trust issue. And if you're <laughs> anxious about it, right? It's, I mean, right. honestly, that's, I, I, I want to be real about it, I guess. Um, but it takes a certain kind of person, though. Like, you have to be aware that you have a trust issue. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know I have anxiety right, issues. So right. for me, yeah, right, I think yeah, when yeah. we started, it was about like mitigating my anxiety as much as possible. Um, right. But the idea there is, yeah, you can create a smaller start to the relationship without sacrificing the pressure of getting like giving the freelancer so much work that you're then going to be like panicked if they don't get it done on time or whatever that might be. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, your reputation with your clients shouldn't necessarily be entirely weighted on this one person who you are are singularly working. Yeah, and then once you you build that that first round of trust with them, it's it's a wonderful thing to be like, okay, cool, well, let's give you this, let's give you that. Like it just it exponentially expands from there, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, and I mean, I think- it, you know, it, ghosting can always happen. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. So just keep those, keep those plans in place. Yeah. So I like your idea of like kind of thinking about the long term, building a relationship over time. And just honestly, if you're like, it feels too, like if you're really distrusting, then you need to talk to your freelancer more <laughs> and mm. get to know them more. Right. Like that's have, true. Yeah. One thing we, we've always loved doing is having like calls before we even connect with a free like have a call with a freelancer before they even sign up for your platform or whatever it is that you might have just to get to know them better and be like mm-hmm. hey what are you interested in what are you passionate about we love being able to find match freelancers capabilities with the things that they're interested in and passionate about whether that's subject matter or artistic style you're creating an opportunity for a freelancer to be able to do what they love to do so in a way you're you're setting up a space that is that is safe for them to be able to trust that like they're going to want to do it because it's something they care about so yeah they i feel like that's that's something maybe we don't talk about as much is that sort of emotional component behind a project as opposed to this feeling of like 
that cog in the wheel of like, we just need you to do this task and move on. There's, there's much more to a project than that. So I think coming at it with that lens is just me. I me. I don't want to say just like a better way to do it, but like, I, I think it's a solid move. <laughs> it's a better way to do it. It's I, just, it's I encourage to you to it. try it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So this wraps up our first episode of season two. Welcome to 2024. Electric Boogaloo. Me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do we have anything coming up? Yeah. Yeah. That we can talk about? That you can get hyped about? So, yeah, we're going to be not necessarily pivoting. I don't think that's the right word, but we're going to be... um, Focusing some of our conversations in potentially different formats like the one you're hearing today. So we might be talking about perhaps in a sense more current events. We might be having some more interviews that are specifically focused on some of the work that we're passionate about and would like to get a little bit more into in the coming year. And we did mention in our newsletter uh, but we haven't mentioned here on the podcast, so to speak, that mm. we're um, looking into planning some live events, some like Q&As, uh, whether we do that through like a LinkedIn Live or a Zoom, I think people still call it. I don't think Zoom we'll ever do a LinkedIn Live. Maybe we'll do a LinkedIn Live. Maybe one Maybe day. Not. I don't Maybe know. One day. one day. But yeah, we'll try to do some like group Q&As where people can ask their questions and maybe get answers. I don't know. We'll see how I'm we're not feeling sure. that day. Yeah, we'll you see. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> lots of little new things. Uh, small tweaks, really. Not anything large or crazy. Um, yeah, you'll but, still you see know, us in this tweaks. virtual format for the next yep. year, for this entire year. Um, for this entire year, we're going to be traveling across all kinds of states. Right now, I think. What did you say? We've we've done seventeen. We've already crossed states. seventeen states. Yes, that's amazing. Now, I didn't think about we that. didn't stay in seventeen states. We've just no. driven through <laughs> we've driven through 17 states mm-hmm. let's give you all a little rundown we are every month switching our location because mm-hmm. we're, we're migrating <laughs> we're not migrating we're expanding our network in different places <laughs> across the country and i think that it is you know in this day and age where you can work from home you can basically kind of live in specific places in the country and still feel safe, still feel like you're kind of at home. Honestly, I've, I've been loving this place. The technology wasn't there a couple of years ago, and I think now mm-hmm. it really is, given all the pandemic stuff. So we're really fully taking advantage of that. I've never seen the country. I'm loving seeing a bunch of different places. But I'm also loving meeting other people in these places yeah. where they are doing the work that they do, talking with them about how they're doing, how they're working, and what they're thinking about. So I'm excited. I think um, yeah. hopefully we'll have some new folks on the podcast, some new interviews this this season. We'll keep it short and sweet. But uh, yeah, excited to see yeah. what comes next. Thank you for a great year so far. We'll see how yes. the rest of 2024 goes. Thanks for listening. If you want to be part of the next round of things that are happening, you know where to find us <laughs> right here. We'll see you next time. See ya. 
big thank you as always to eMedia for producing this podcast. Our producer is Jackson Foote. Our music is created by Hidden and licensed through premiumbeat.com. And as always, stay honest, stay creative, stay open, open pixel studios. Thanks. We'll see you in the next episode.